Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Middling Manager Hub podcast. I'm your host, Steve Westover, and today we're going to talk about one of my pet peeves. I mentioned it all the way back in episode one. We're going to talk about the philosophy or claims about promoting a family culture in the workplace. Creating an analogy between work and family is an age-old metaphor used in corporate cultures. While it might seem endearing and fostering a sense of belonging, equating a workplace to a family comes with its set of implications and drawbacks. The concept of a work family implies a deep, personal connection akin to familial ties. It suggests support, care, and a shared sense of belonging, which is all great. However, in a professional setting, this analogy can potentially breed complications. So let's talk about it. Grab your headphones and a comfy seat, and let's get started. First, we're going to dive into both the positives and negative aspects of creating a family culture in the workplace. So first, the positives. It can create a sense of support and belonging. The notion of a work family can create a supportive environment, fostering a sense of togetherness and camaraderie with employees. Emotional attachment could also be a benefit. Employees might feel a stronger emotional connection, enhancing their dedication and commitment to the organization. And finally, conflict resolution. A familial atmosphere could potentially reduce conflicts and disagreements, leading to a more harmonious work environment. So let's talk about some drawbacks. Let's start by acknowledging that not every family is positive. Many of us, and certainly our coworkers, carry familial baggage with us. Families can be wonderful with strong relationships, trust, love, caring, kindness, but some families are quite the opposite. If I invoke a family culture in my workplace, does that really create the positive environment I intend Or does it raise issues of harsh words being spoken, broken promises, or even abuse? You get my point. Families are complicated. Oftentimes, they're a mixture of the good and the bad, and we really have no idea how invoking the family will sit with our employees, despite our best intentions. It can create blurred boundaries. Personal and professional lines might blur, leading to an invasion of personal space or an expectation for employees to share more than they're comfortable with. It can create exaggerated loyalty. Overly loyal employees might feel pressured to go above and beyond, potentially leading to burnout or ethical dilemmas. It can have unhealthy power dynamics. Creating a parent-child dynamic within the workplace could leave employees feeling disempowered and limit their ability to voice concerns or refuse tasks. And finally, it can mask issues. A family-like culture might inhibit the reporting of wrongdoings or problematic behavior due to a close-knit relationships. We're going to take a peek into four real-world scenarios where the concept of a work family has had negative impacts on workplace culture. One, blurred personal and professional boundaries. A marketing firm heavily promoted a family work environment. Employees felt pressured to share personal details and participate in after-hour social events. Over time, this led to discomfort and burnout as the personal professional boundary became increasingly blurred. Some employees felt obliged 
to attend events, impacting their work-life balance and causing resentment. Two, inhibited communication and reporting of issues. In a tech startup, the CEO heavily emphasized a family-like culture. When a project manager noticed ethical concerns in a team member's behavior, they hesitated to report it due to the familial atmosphere. The team members' mistakes were overlooked, resulting in a loss of trust and a culture of non-accountability. Three, unrealistic expectations and burnout. A healthcare organization fostered a strong work-family culture. Employees felt immense pressure to cover for absent team members without questioning the workload. This led to high stress levels and burnout as employees consistently worked longer hours to compensate for their colleagues' absences. Four, discouraging professional growth and independence. In a consulting company, the CEO encouraged a family-like atmosphere. However, the close-knit environment resulted in a lack of independence among employees. They were hesitant to voice opposing opinions or suggestions, fearing it might disrupt the familial harmony. As a consequence, innovative ideas and diverse perspectives were stifled, impacting the company's growth potential. These real-world examples highlight how a work-family culture, when taken to an extreme, can have adverse effects on employee well-being, communication, professional growth, and overall workplace productivity. To foster a healthy workplace culture, it's crucial to avoid overemphasizing the family dynamic and instead focus on implementing actions and structures that support and value employees while maintaining professional boundaries. So let's take a look at some key strategies for a healthier workplace culture. One, define expectations. Clearly outline work expectations and maintain a distinction between professional and personal life during onboarding and regular check-ins. Two, promote purpose. Emphasize a shared purpose and values rather than a family-oriented connection to enhance employee engagement and loyalty. Three, establish boundaries. Clarify work hours, encourage work-life balance, and provide support for overwhelmed employees. Four, acknowledge the transactional nature. Encourage a realistic view of the temporary and professional nature of the employee-employer relationship. And five, avoid terminology that invokes family dynamics. Instead, focus on promoting teamwork, a tribe, or sports team culture that emphasizes collective goals while maintaining professional boundaries. More specifically, let's talk about how we can build a team culture without the baggage of family. Most of us have been on some sort of a team at some point in our lives. Maybe it was a sports team like Little League Baseball or soccer or basketball, or maybe it was college lacrosse or swimming or cross country, or maybe it wasn't sports at all, but something like an academic bowl style quiz team or a choir or a band or a theater group. I suspect that nearly all of us have had the opportunity to be a part of a larger group in which there was competition and defined roles aimed at accomplishing a greater good than we could accomplish on our own. That is what we are trying to create in our work teams as well. When you think about what a manager does, in its most simple sense, a manager is seeking to achieve predetermined objectives through others. 
That means we have goals and objectives that we cannot achieve on our own, and therefore we need a team to help us. And likewise, we are there to help them. Building a strong team culture is pivotal for a productive and a harmonious workplace without necessarily resorting to the work-family analogy. Here are some key strategies to foster a positive team culture drawing from the insights in the previous discussion. One, embrace shared purpose. Define a common purpose that aligns with both organizational and individual goals. Encourage a sense of belonging by highlighting how each team member's role contributes to this larger purpose. Two, establish clear expectations. Clearly outline work expectations and boundaries during onboarding. Regular check-ins and one-on-ones can help maintain these distinctions and address any potential boundary issues. Three, encourage collaboration and support. Create an environment that values teamwork and support. Encourage collaboration without blurring personal and professional lines. Highlight the importance of professional support while maintaining individual growth. Four, communicate openly. Foster an environment where open communication is encouraged. Team members should feel comfortable expressing opinions, giving feedback, and sharing ideas without fear of repercussions. Five, promote work-life balance. Emphasize the importance of work-life balance. Encourage employees to take time off and pursue personal interests without guilt or pressure to always be available. Six, celebrate diversity and independence. Encourage diversity of thought and independence among team members. Respect different opinions and encourage healthy debates to foster innovation and growth. Seven, model and encourage leadership practices. Leaders should model these behaviors and encourage them among the team. Lead by example in respecting boundaries, promoting work-life balance, and advocating for a culture of open communication and support. And eight, clarify the nature of the professional relationship. Remind employees that the employer-employee relationship is primarily professional and transactional. Highlight the temporary nature of most professional relationships and the importance of mutual respect within these boundaries. When we think about the benefits of creating a family culture, we can think about the positives I mentioned before. They sound good. After all, a family can, one, provide support and belonging. The notion of a work family can create a supportive environment, fostering a sense of togetherness and camaraderie among employees. This sounds great. And while this is probably the best benefit of a family culture, in my opinion, it is clear that Support and belonging can also be achieved through a team culture. Family culture doesn't hold a monopoly on creating support and belonging, so the family culture just really isn't necessary here. The second benefit, emotional attachment, employees might feel a stronger emotional connection, enhancing their dedication and commitment to the organization when based on the family culture. However, emotional attachment can blur the lines between personal and professional life, and lead to some inappropriate workplace behavior or conversations. Sure, there is usually some overlap, but it is important to maintain some boundaries between personal and professional. And the third positive, again, is conflict resolution. A familial atmosphere can reduce conflicts and disagreements, leading to a more more harmonious work environment. But I would argue that for some people, 
a familial atmosphere could actually exacerbate conflicts and hinder appropriate resolution. Whether it leads to a more harmonious work environment could depend on the familial experiences of each team member. Experiences and attitudes and baggage were likely unaware of. You might be thinking, yes, of course, people might have negative baggage relating to their family experience, but they might also have negative baggage relating to their experience on the high school hockey team. That's true. It's very possible. But when talking about our experiences on teams or in choirs, etc., it is appropriate to engage in those conversations with our staff, whereas bringing up their families and asking the same questions is likely to get us into a lot of hot water with HR. Look, the work family mentality exists for a reason, right? It's not completely foreign. In fact, it makes a lot of sense in some ways. At work, we spend a lot of time with these people. We try to build positive relationships. We try to build trust and empathy. We try to look out for each other. We try to be helpful. We try to be friends, or at least friendly. All of those are very positive things and have their places in families as well. But families really are much more than that. At least I hope so. So while we don't want to necessarily dumb down the family to fit the workplace, I really don't want my family to be like the relationships I have at work. There needs to be a separation between those two different types of relationships, even though there are some similarities. By implementing these positive strategies, organizations can build a strong, supportive team culture that values employees' well-being, professional growth, and productivity without falling into the pitfalls associated with the work family analogy. Avoiding that baggage and thus opening the possibilities for discussions about the positive and negative experiences on other teams. This approach fosters a healthy and thriving workplace environment without blurring lines of propriety and even legality between managers and our staffs. So in conclusion, please consider ditching the family language in the, in the workplace. We don't need to talk about a work wife or a work husband or demean our coworkers by referring to them like there are children. They're not. There are coworkers. They're professionals, and we should treat them as such. Over the years, I've made plenty of mistakes, including trying to create a positive work family. Early on, it made a lot of sense to me because I had a great family when I was growing up, and why wouldn't I want to duplicate that with the people I spent the majority of my time with? But I learned through hard lessons that while not everyone can get on board with a family dynamic in the workplace, the team culture is nearly universal. Thank you for joining me today on the Midling Manager Hub podcast and indulging me as I spoke about one of my biggest pet peeves in the workplace. I simply think there's a better way and a more professional culture we can create while still providing a sense of appreciation, support, and belonging. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and other topics we've discussed, as well as topics you'd like to discuss, so feel free to leave a note or a question in the comments. And remember, continue leading with purpose, empathy, and a commitment to the empowered workforce of tomorrow.